Welcome to Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor, your one-stop shop when it comes to animation news and commentary. I'm Drew's co-host, entertainment writer Jim Hill, and he and I are recording the show on Friday, August 30th, 2019. Three-day Labor Day weekend is just about to get underway, and Drew and I are trying to knock out a quick show before that gets started. So, going to touch on the news and wrap up our D23 Expo coverage. So... Uh, because, you know, here's the irony, folks. I just got back from running errands. Drew's got to go out and do errands. What what sort of errands are we doing, Drew? Uh, we are going to the grocery store. Um, I know that's very exciting for you. Katie's getting her nails done, so I'm going to sit there and try to read The Goldfinch a little bit and try to finish <laughs> the book before the, I have to see the movie next week. So I'm, that's, I tell you, you know, now this is, a, 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 again, we're popping the hood of how a, a professional in entertainment does his job because that's, you know, you you do actually have to be able to say, okay, how did it compare to you know the book versus the film? So yeah, uh, that, yeah, this is Drew doing his homework. I'm trying to so, do it. Yeah, I, I need to finish the Rafferty book too, obviously. Well, th- there's that. There's yes, that, yes, so. yes. Okay. Well, we were talking about the Labor Day, three day holiday, and you know, speaking of holidays. I have to say, one of the animated features that I'm most looking forward to this year is Klaus, uh, the feature directorial debut of Sergio Pablos. Uh, you know, who, uh, for me, I, I think it, it, the thing I love that he did Dr. Doppler for, for Treasure Planet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love that this guy is getting his own film. So Didn't he come up with the idea that became Despicable Me as well? Isn't he kind of like I, this idea guy? Very, very much so. And, and and again, that's why it's so great that out of all the things that Netflix could have chosen for its first animated feature, they settled on this one. And I, I love this story. I, I love the idea of the young, lowly Scandinavian postman called Jesper, who gets a chance to make his mark when he's tasked to bring the postal system to this remote village in the cold north. And while he's there, he meets this mysterious white-bearded toy maker called Klaus. Um, mm. who who do we think that is? I, I, I you know I I'm I'm leaning toward Unabomber, but I could be wrong. Drew. <laughs> what a twist! What, what a twist! A twist. <laughs> there we go. Um, anyway, so like I said, this is the first that you know Netflix animated feature, and uh, you know just in the past week we've seen the whole uh, Irishman situation, right? Where right. You know, Netflix wrestled with the movie theaters in regard to how much time between, you know, a theatrical presentation versus when it becomes available on Netflix. And that was three and a half weeks. Was it? Yeah, I think Scorsese really wanted a a wider release as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think the thing that really kind of killed the the deal was that AMC was just not willing to to play ball at all. And I mean, did you see how long the movie is going to be? That also, oh God, also probably three and a half hours. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I I think what was it? Hollywood Elsewhere. I'm forgetting Jeff. Oh, Jeff Wells. Yeah. Jeff Wells. God. He. Well, no, he he made an interesting comparison between, you know, there are cinema fans who think, oh, three and a half hours, you know, oh, you know, oh my God, what's that going to do to my bladder and my butt? And and then there are the the film fans where it's like we're getting another Scorsese film and a three and a half hour one, and isn't it amazing that fifty some odd years into his career he's able to do something like that? And it, I thought that was interesting. That was an interesting observation because. 
I'm sad to say, <laughs> you know, I'm old enough that, you know, my immediate thought was my butt in my bladder. So, right. you know, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in the camp of just re- I'm ready for it. I say, bring it on, baby. Okay. Bring it okay. on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, circling back to Klaus and again, you know, this whole notion of, you know, Netflix wants to play fair. So Klaus is going to be out in theaters uh, in the U.S. and U.K. starting on November 8th. But I uh, you know, then its Netflix debut is literally one week later on the fifteenth. Right, uh, and that's what we call a uh, Academy Award obligation. Uh, you know that you have to; it has to play in a Los Angeles-based theater f- exclusively for one week. Is it just one week? I don't. Yeah, it's just I, one week. Yeah. Okay. All right. I did. Did that change? Because I, I heard it used to be two weeks. Oh um, really? Oh well. I mean, maybe it'll still be in some theaters after the 15th um but yeah i, I mean they, they're going for that that best uh, animated feature oscar so whatever it is they've got to do it well at the very least it, it, you know it, because it's sergio it's going to have amazing design so yes cannot wait now here's the thing though that they're not saying how extensive uh the theatrical release will be. I mean, obviously, as you said, Academy Award consideration, so it's definitely New York, definitely LA. And but beyond that, it's how much wider. So Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't see it playing very wide. Um but on the fifteenth, when I guess when the when Klaus is leaving theaters, I lost my body will be in, yes, the, yes. in theaters. So but this is the should... French this is the French film that um won a special uh, grand prize at the Cannes Critic uh, Week in mm-hmm. May. And it's about a hand, a severed hand's quest to return to its body. And it's this sensation that has been, like, beloved on the festival circuit, so I'm so excited to finally see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that'll be in U.S. theaters on November 15th, mm-hmm. and it will be on Netflix on November 29th. Wow. So... Okay. We'll have well, a lot to watch this fall, and we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about both of these movies a lot. So that will be that will be okay. Uh, pivoting now back to the G23 Expo, and on last week's show, we primarily talked about uh, the films that were coming from Walt Disney Animation Studios, uh, Pixar Animation Studios, and to a lesser extent, you know, Blue Sky. But uh, that wasn't the only animation news that came out of the Anaheim Convention Center. Uh, you know, we had the Simpsons making their big, you know, Disney debut, so to speak. I still, I just, I cannot wrap my head around the fact that, you know, here we are, season 30, 662 episodes. Um, and all of them, every single one of them is available on Disney Plus starting on November 12th. Did anything come out of that presentation that surprised you, Drew? Well, you know, I had heard that they were going to make the announcement of a sequel movie. And while they brought it up, I think that equally interesting is the fact that they said that there are possibilities of doing um, either a limited series or some kind of spinoff based on one or more of the characters in the show, which is Mm -hmm. really interesting um, considering how it's been the core characters for the entire run of the series that... There was even that hilarious episode, the Simpsons um, spinoff showcase spectacular. Do you remember that episode? Where oh God, yes, where they gave Cletus uh, an episode, <laughs> a show, and everybody else. What didn't Wiggums end up like a Magnum PI down at Key West? Or yes, something like yes. That? Oh. <laughs> 
God, yeah. Okay, well, you know, I, I, though what was interesting for me is they did get a question during this presentation about a poo, which, you know, again, face it, on the heels of, you know, the documentary, The Problem with Apu, uh, it, you know, and especially with Disney taking over as the sort of the new Uber master of, of Fox, you know, the, it was kind of the assumption that they'd write him out of the show or he'd fade into the background. And I, was it Graining or Al Jean who said, this? no, we love Apu. He's going to stay part of the show. Wow. I didn't hear that, but that's that's really interesting. Well, how do you feel about the whole Apu controversy? You know, face it, inside of 30 years, you know, when this character was was first introduced in the show, it was satire. I mean, you know, face it, because nobody expected The Simpsons to run more than a year or so. So, you know, here's the quickie mart with its cliched, you know, Indian owner and operator and... You know, and but over time, you know, I mean, Apu genuinely deepened as a character. There was the the episode where he got fired from the Quickie Mountain and went to live with the Simpsons, and they, that was one of the first episodes where they did an elaborate musical number. You know, you know who was right. the Quickie Mart? Um, you know, and and you know he got married, he had his kids, and you know, I mean, I I get how. Um, you know, in fact, that's the interesting thing about the problem with the Pooh documentary, where the, you know, uh, you know, for young, you know, American Indian kids making their way through the school systems, where a Pooh became a slur. I get that. I, I get how that could be offensive, but you know, in a weird sort of way, you know, a Pooh opened a lot of doors, you know, for a lot of folks, and um, I don't know. I guess you have to. You have to accept that times change and, and sensibilities change. I mean, look, what was it? 40 or 50 years ago, there was actually a, you know, Amos and Andy television right. series, you know, uh, you know, and, and it, it's like, OK, you know, times change. We, you know, that's that's not necessarily what we should think of humor now. And so it's sort of like. You have yeah. to respect that, and you know. Um, what, yeah, what, no, it's a really think? interesting. It's a really interesting subject. I haven't seen the documentary. I don't know where it played on, like True TV or something. It did. Yeah, it did. but you yeah. know, obviously, representation matters in a big way, and and positive representation particularly. And mm -hmm. you know, I think that yeah, had things been as sort of enlightened now as they were. 30 some odd however long how long when did the simpsons premiere 32 years ago whatever so yeah it's I mean, it's been a long time but i i can't i agree that you you can't short shrift how much the creators and hank azaria have given that character depth and you know an inner life and all of these things that could they could have easily not so you know it's a very interesting subject but at the same time, remember, you know, you look at something like Breakfast at Tiffany's, you know, this this, this film that... Oh, God. Well, it's a, but that's it exactly. You know, think about it. This was a, a smash hit, you know, when it was released, a much beloved, you know, George Pappard, Audrey Hepburn film. And in the middle of this, you have Mickey Rooney as the upstairs Japanese neighbor with the buck teeth and the glasses and... And, you know, that was perfectly acceptable to laugh at that in the 60s. And now, I mean, you just cringe. 
Yeah, Sean. I mean, even I was rewatching all of John Hughes's movies, and oh, we had the long, yeah, duck, long duck dong, dong character yeah, yeah. from, from mean, Sixteen Candles. I had forgotten that every time they even mention him, somebody <laughs> sets off a gong. No, that it's like, oh my god. So, so, so no, that yeah. that's it exactly. I mean, that's the thing when you initially saw this. You know, in context, it was funny, but you know, there's you you take the thirty thousand foot view, maybe. You know, maybe it, it, it's, you know, we have to change with the times. And I, I guess yeah. we do, again, I, I will be, <laughs> you know, um, I will be sad to see a Pugo if only because of, did you ever see the episode where he had worked for 72 hours straight and they, yes. they, they showed him on the, you know, uh, the security camera in the Quickie Mart because he was hallucinating. He was a hummingbird. Yes, yes. Was that the same episode where James Woods was was uh, I, studying to be a Quickie Mart? I believe uh, so. And that, that, okay. that's the thing. I will, I will, I will mourn the jokes, but on the other hand, you know, out of respect, it's like okay, yeah, we we think we got yeah, some 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 things are you know. Or passe for a reason. And, this is you true. Know. This is true. On the other hand, there are other things that are, are hugely successful and popular for a reason. And, and among those was Amphibia this year. How, how are you feeling about Amphibia? I, you know, the thing is, while Alice was out here visiting, we, we binged a bunch of them. And I got to tell you that cumulatively, uh, both from a, a narrative point of view, I don't know if you saw the last episode where you finally... Got to see, you know, oh, one of her friends who'd also been, you know, sucked into sort of the Pandora box and how she popped up in the world. Um, I, they did, you know, the writing got better, or, or you know, over the season. I mean, as it always does with an animated series, people, you know, get a better handle on characters, running gags, you know, emerge. Um, I thought it ended really strongly, but what kind of intrigues me is based on what they were saying at the D23 Expo this year, that the the show is about to reinvent itself is kind of a, a, a road picture, isn't it? Or... Yeah, that's what I understand. And, uh, you know, you saw, did you see <laughs> that Kermit was hosting that panel? And at one point it was really cute because he got sucked into the, what is it called? The Calamity Box or whatever it is. <laughs> oh, no. Which, which explained why he wasn't there and then he popped up elsewhere um in the panel which was really cute oh. but um yeah oh i missed you that. know i missed that fro- frogs no frogs you know mm. and they so he he was definitely there repping amphibia which was really cute um, so what was kind of interesting at least for me and i i wonder from a pr point of view how the folks who who did amphibia and also big city greens was part of that panel right Yes, correct. Okay, because... Yeah, so that's coming back, too. Yeah, but think about it. The big news that came out of that panel wasn't necessarily about Amphibia or Big City Greens. It's that Lawrence Fishburne walked on stage and, you know, with Kermit's help, announced that, what, that there's a new Marvel animated series coming. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Um, Lunar Girl and... Moon Girl and the Devil Dinosaur. Mm -hmm. Which, uh, based on a very popular... You know, a relatively new line of comics for Marvel. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw the design. What would you think? I thought it looked really good. I mean, it's a it's sort of based on a classic character that they've updated in the last few years. And oh, it's right. really that's interesting right. that they're kind of like, you know, at the same time at D23, they were showing off 
the first footage from What If at the big Disney Plus panel on Friday, which I thought looked really incredible. It's got this kind of like cell shaded look, almost sort of like resistance. Um, and uh, they have all the actors like likenesses. So the big moment was that you saw the the kind of pod that um, Captain America was incubated in, and the pod opens up, and it's Peggy Carter in the pod, and it, you know she's the one that gets the uh, superpowers, and so it was really cool to see that. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of sort of Marvel animation news, which was cool. Well, you know, and I guess don't get me wrong, really, really looking forward to Marvel's What If. Uh, and and by the way, thank you again for for sharing the code. We we were all set up, so gonna you know, oh great, you know, you're the, a charter the, member. I'm a charter yeah. member. I, I don't know if I get my founder circle pin, but you know, I'm a charter member. Um, but I I guess the, the one thing again, it's sort of circling back to the Lawrence Fishburne overshadowed thing. The very fact that you have the actors who appeared in all those Marvel Cinematic Universe movies voicing these characters as well. I, I, I just hope it's not going to be a situation where it's the tail wagging the dog, where you, you, you get, oh my God, you know, we, you know, Chris Evans is back doing Captain America. Not that this is a really cool story, you know. Right. You know, don't get me wrong. It's great that, that Haley Atwell is coming back to play Agent Carter, or, or in this case, was it? She's Captain Britain, or yes, yeah, yeah she's Captain Britain. Yeah. yeah. So again, I'm just going to be intrigued uh, to see how that works. More to the point, you know, because you, at least to my knowledge, were among the first to point this out. The very fact that it's not a question of oh boy, I get to binge all of the what ifs, you know, because that's not how Disney Plus is going to work, right? We're, we're going to get- right, yeah, they're going to be weekly weekly series, which I was just talking to our good friend and mortal enemy Dan Z on his <laughs> podcast about this, mm-hmm. um, which is great because it's going to sort of like, I think, keep kind of the cultural conversation on the same page because there's nothing like, you know, waking up on a Friday and already having some article written about the last episode of Stranger Things or whatever, That's you true. know, whatever it is. That's true. So we're going to be on the same page. We're going to, you know, get to dissect things week by week. I, I think it's a great approach and I'm really looking forward to it. And you and I will be able to recap these shows week by week as well okay. for everybody right. listening. Well, that's that, something to look forward to some, come November. Now, uh, something to look forward to starting this coming week. In fact, I, I think the day uh, that this this podcast gets posted, Drew, is that we have the, the last few episodes of the Season 2 of DuckTales starting up. Uh, Finally, yeah, but but the interesting thing is that if I'm reading this correctly, they're all coming out again, sort of over a ten day period. Uh, with the let's see, season finale. Season finale is on the twelfth. Yeah, sept- yeah, September twelfth. Um, yeah, you know, and but the weird thing is, you know, there is no suspense because what was it before? Even before the second season debuted. Uh, you know, we got that confirmation that that uh, there was season three of DuckTales that had already been greenlit. It was in production. And uh, we had that poster come out of Comic-Con. And uh, for me, what was intriguing about that poster was looking at that and how it made it look like season three of DuckTales was basically going to be a Valentine 
to the the Disney Afternoon, the, that syndicated block yeah. uh, from the the nineties, and what was it? Uh, hash, hashtag justice for Marsupilami, Jim. <laughs> I just want to say that. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. So. Do, do you get Well, if we're doing that, I kind of what was his name? The, the uh, bonkers, bonkers. God, if yeah. if they're if we're, we're pushing for Marsupilami to be do a cameo, I think Bonkers should be there too. I I agree. Listen, Jim, you're preaching to the choir. Okay, let me tell you. Okay, well, but but the, that's <laughs> the interesting thing to me because again, it, you know, they handed us that poster at Comic Con and we saw here's Kit Cloud Kicker and Molly from Tailspin and we got Goslin Mallard and Taurus Bulba from Darkwing Duck and God help us, even those. Weirdly redesigned Rhinoki and Butter Bear from from the Wuzzles, um, right? But the one that that intrigued really intrigued me was the Daisy Duck that you know who was supposed mm-hmm. to be reprising the version of this character that was done for Quack Pack. Oh, is that what the angle is? I, that's my understanding that we we get to see Daisy in her reporter job, you know, working for the you know. Uh, you know, there in Duckburg as, as a television reporter. And do you have fond memories of Quack Pack? True. No, I mean, what I remember, and I, I recently looked it up because um, I was doing a like listing of the, the Disney afternoon shows, and, and some of them I had completely forgotten about. Do you think we're going to see schnookums and meat oh, um, on I, this? It's, <laughs> I, it's going to be a cold, cold day in Hoth, you know, <laughs> before the schnookums and meat show right, comes back. but. Isn't that funny? Um, uh, tell you what, folks. Get back from this commercial break. We're going to do a deep dive on Quack Pack. And we're back. Okay, so... Well, uh, uh, tell me this, Jim. Was it was it based on the success of Goof Troop that Quack Pack was implemented? Now, you see, you've nailed it in one. Uh, okay. In a weird sort of way, obviously, again, it... it you know, the, the show dates back to the original DuckTales, which debuted in syndication... Uh, September of 87, uh, but, you know, ran four seasons, and then, remember, it got, uh, it's a theatrical release. Uh, it got the DuckTales, the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, which came out in August of 1990. So, uh, as you said, you know, uh, here comes Goof Troop. That debuts, you know, starts on the Disney Channel April of 92. In fact, this is where, you know, the Disney Afternoon stuff got interesting, because they do things like produce 65 episodes for syndication, but then 13 episodes that would run only on ABC. So, right, you know. Right. Uh, so they were doing that with a lot of those They were. Shows, right? They were. And in fact, what's especially interesting about this is this is before Disney has bought ABC Cap Cities. You know, that, that deal doesn't even happen till 95. So they're cutting a deal with ABC to run the, their Disney product on Saturday morning. And, you know, and, but again, with the idea of building interest in the show that then, the version of the show that then runs Monday through Friday. But so we get two seasons of Goo Troop, a total of 78 episodes. And again, um, not so much because Treasure of the Lost Lamp made a lot of money when it was released to theaters in 1990, but the VHS came out in March of 1991 and did Buku Bucks. That was where we got a Goofy movie from. It's like, well, look, you know, that that's we'd love another Treasure of the Lost Lamp. So why don't you guys go off and make this movie? And 
where it got interesting was that, um, and, and again, this is this is Kevin Lima's debut as a, a feature director. Isn't it? He's a co-director on. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, and Kevin was the guy who came up with the idea that look, if we want to make Max interesting, let's age him up. Let's you know. I mean, the the only way there's a real conflict is if you know he's a teenage boy who wants to get away from his dad and. You know, the, the weird thing is, the, when the film comes out in April of 1995, um, it, it actually does double the business that Treasure of the Lost Lamp did. And by the time it gets to VHS, that's it, it's out on VHS by September of that year. I mean, it's a smash hit. So mm-hmm. um, the folks at Disney Television Animation are, are sort of looking at that and going, wow, okay, so... You know, audiences really respond to a teenage character. And uh, and so they were looking at the fact that, you know, really, when you look at DuckTales, Donald is only in, what is it, like the first episode or two? Right. And then, you know, just pretty much disappears into the background. So here's a character they really haven't exploited, coupled with that you know here we have the nephews which we could age up just like we did max in a goofy movie um so they green light what a re- you know in, in fact it's in the exact same year drew it's 1995 they green light this project and okay and at that point though it's called duck days as in d-a-z-e um, okay. And and again, you have the the premise of the show is that Daisy Duck is a reporter working for a local TV news magazine uh, in Duckburg that's called What in the World. Uh, Donald's her longtime boyfriend. He's also a, you know her cameraman who goes off on assignments with her. And Donald's nephews, who are now teenagers, help out Daisy and and Donald. Uh, you know as they travel the globe covering assignments. But at the same time, they're also complicating their lives with their kooky crazy antics because that's what teenage boys do um especially in the 90s well of course that's all that's all they did you know really but 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 here's the thing okay so you know remember back in the original ducktales uh when that was in production from 1986 to 1990 the late great rusi taylor not only voiced all three of donald's nephews she also did webigail but here's Quack Pack. Oh, 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 by the way, the getting back to the goof troop thing, evidently there was a marketing executive at Disney who eventually said, look, we want people when they, they watch the show to think of Goof Troop. And we need a name that's more reminiscent of Goof Troop. So Duck Days got dropped in favor of Quack Pack, which I, I wish somebody had told any money about because... Uh, if you go to YouTube now and watch the opening titles for Quack Pack, here he is singing about Duck Days, you know, that because, <laughs> you know, again, they, that's, that's how late they, uh. they made the call. So, uh, all right. So anyway, we're back to Quack Pack all right, and back to the, you know, recasting. Rusi's not going to work as the voice of the boys anymore because they have to be individuals. They have to be able to differentiate. But interesting, they still kept three women. So we got Jeannie Elias. She voiced Huey. Uh, he's the one in the red shirt. Uh, the teenage version of Huey is reimagined as the leader of the trio. He's the smooth talker and schemer. Uh, Elizabeth Daly uh, voices Louie, uh, one of the green shirt. 
Uh, he's the one who likes comic books and sports. Uh, he's a big animal rights advocate and a little eccentric. And finally, Dewey, one of the blue shirt. He's voiced by Pamela Adlon. And he's the one. She's who, so great. Yeah. It, and I'm, I'm blanking. What, what has she done voices for? Well, she did voices for King of the Hill and Recess. And she was oh, on God, Californication right. for that entire show. And uh, Louie, obviously. And then has currently has Better Things on FX That's right, right now, um, which she's getting a lot of praise for. And and bringing this back to animation, she was the mother in the Bumblebee movie from last year. There we which go. Which was so there good. There we go. Okay. So there you go. Uh, anyway, for, for Quack Pack, yeah. Dewey is imagined as the, he's the one with computers and technology, and he's a big practical joker. So... Oh, oh, by the way, and again, you, you'll love this, Drew. For the backstory of that show, the full names of Donald's nephews are Hubert, Deuteronomy, and Lewis. So uh, I just love that it's wow. Deuteronomy. Wasn't this also they were going to have them interacting with human characters? Is that st- Was that uh, still in the show? I remember that being one of the, again, getting back to bonkers. Do you remember that there were actual human characters alongside the animated it, characters? Well, you know, the, the weird thing is that was supposed to become a big element of season two of the show. But here's the thing. Quack Pack was one and done. One season... And done. And though, uh, you know, it, it's it's long been rumored that it was because the audience really didn't warm to the aged up nephews. But it's it's a little more complicated than that. I mean, by the fall of 1996, the Disney afternoon was facing increasing competition for viewers. I mean, Batman the Animated Series debuted back in September of 92. By September of 96, the Kids WB is now showing an hour-long segment that's paired Batman the Animated Series with Superman the Animated Series for the new Superman or Batman Superman Adventures. Uh, and that took eyeballs away uh, from the Disney afternoon over at Fox Kids Network. But starting in August of 1993, they began ran, running the Mighty Morphing Power Rangers. And, you know, I mean, face it, that, that show became a full-on cultural phenomenon. Uh, you know, just blotted out the sun in, in children's entertainment. And facing this sort of serious competition, Disney had no choice but to reinvent its two-hour-long syndicated, you know, block of animation. Uh, you know, in fact, starting in the, the 1997-1998 season, they actually cut the block back to just 90 minutes. Um, they also partnered with Kellogg, who insisted that the show had to skew older you know that 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 they were you know looking for the eyeballs that were watching batman that they were watching superman they were going marty morphin so they they retooled the show so it's built around disney's hercules and doug and the mighty ducks and that meant there was no spot for the quack pack so you know they were cut though the interesting thing is the teenage version of Huey and Dewey, Huey, Dewey, and Louie survive. In fact, if you watch House of Mouse, which launches in January of 2001, um, you've got Huey, Dewey, and Louie still with their long, longish teenage hair as the house band at the House of Mouse. They, they would refer to them with pseudo-joke, uh, you know, bands of the period name. So they were the Quack Street Boys, or the Splashing Pumpkins, or, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, but at the same time, we also saw 
Um, you know, Disney wasn't necessarily locked in to just one version of Huey, Dewey, and Louie. In fact, uh, you know the the home premiere Twice Upon a Time, right? The, the oh, CG. of course. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that, was, that was some, there's some rough stuff in there. There is, there's definitely some rough stuff. But the segment, uh, Christmas Impossible, that's Rusi once again, voicing the nephews. And in fact, I want to say... This is one of the very last times that Alan Young uh, voices Scrooge McDuck on that show. Wow. Anyway, okay, we jump ahead 13 years. We get the DuckTales reboot, and now we have Danny Putty, Ben Schwartz, and Bobby Monaghan voicing Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And, you know, I, I have to admit, they they are among my favorite elements of this show. They, they are just... yeah. So well written and such distinct personalities, um, which you know, if you think back to Ducktales, they they really you know one was Lou, one was Red, one was Rain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> where is here? I mean, I love the fact that, for example, Louis. You know, I, I I love how they they refer to him as the evil triplet. <laughs> you <know>? Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's just good stuff, but. Um, well, anyway, folks, if you have enjoyed the DuckTales reboot so far, like I said, we've got about five episodes dropping, you know, over the next week or so. Uh, and again, ending with that hour long uh, finale, which you know has what is it? Invasion from the moon. It's uh, called Moon Invasion, I think. Hold on. I was just I was just setting up my DVR to tape all of them before the show. Yeah. So, um yeah, and you know what else ha- is on next week, Jim? The the um, yes, it's called Moonvasion! Exclamation mm-hmm. point! Uh, the Steven Universe movie. That's right. That's right. I I meant to bring that up as well. That's all right. Uh, this is the problem. That's Monday. Monday. See, that's the thing. Yeah. It, you know, your, this show goes live on Tuesday, folks. You missed it. Uh, but uh, you know. Again, but we'll talk about it next week. We'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it next week. week. So. And we haven't talked about Invader Zim yet either. So we'll have to do oh, do that. Oh my God! We just caught that, and folks, you know, we will go in depth on our next episode. But that is worth it alone. Did, have you seen it yet, Drew? Or? I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch it this weekend. Okay. This is what I'm doing with my time off. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watching Invader Zim. He's laboring like on Labor Day for you folks, yes, all right? Yes. Getting caught up on all this animation. This yeah. is, it's worth it alone. There's there's a moment where basically it, in fact it's kind of borrowing a page from the Marvel universe. You you're exposed to the multiverse and mm-hmm. there's this amazing montage where they just cut from animation style to animation style to puppetry to you know that that I mean it's just this tour de force. Oh, I love that. And uh, wonderfully re- uh, all right, look, I'm starting to review it. We'll save that for the next show. We'll folks. save it for next time. Okay. But I just want to say that pe- more people have come up to us both in person and on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And said that because of us talking about DuckTales, they finally have watched it and love it. So I feel like we are still doing, you know, God's work by evangelizing the new DuckTales like we do. Well, and, so. and, and let's not forget that, you know, to get among your other godly duties is getting people to pivot back 
to the Mission Impossible movies and realizing the hard work and the artistry and the technical skill that have gone into those. I mean, you know, yeah, well, you're going to love, we're doing a whole month of visual effects artists that have worked on the movies. Oh, so, no! Uh, yeah, we talked to, I think I talked to you about this last time, but we talked to a guy whose first movie out of CalArts when he was drafted by ILM was the first Mission Impossible. And then this last week, we talked to a guy named Todd Vaziri, who's mm-hmm. great on Twitter. He does these amazing breakdowns mm-hmm. of scenes and stuff. And he worked on three and uh, four, Mission Impossible 3 and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. He also worked on these little Star Wars movies. I don't know if you've heard of any of them, but he told me actually right before we started that he had spent eight months working on Rise of the Resistance um, stuff. So Okay, so, but so yes. we'll, we'll have to circle back. Or, or, yes. or you and Mr. Z will have to circle know, back on talking to in January there about Yeah, when, yeah. When we're so, finally allowed cool. to talk about this stuff. But Yeah, is that right. neat? Okay, so that that starts this month, September. Yeah, uh, that'll be. I think yeah, September will start start these visual effects months. But we got we've got a lot of great guests as always. So oh. definitely tune in every week for for light the fuse. Oh, cannot wait. Okay, my side of the fence, the usual crud, folks. Uh, Disney dish with Lentesto. Marvelous Disney with the amazing Aaron Adams. Uh, we talked about Danzi. Uh, he, he and I do a show together looking at Lucasfilm. Uh, Dustin Fuse and I do our Universal Joint uh, podcast about the Universal Park theme parks. And Michelle Valladolid and I are, are working on a post-D23 Expo episode right now about all the merch there. So, Oh, brief update, Jim. I found that Duke Kaboom, so I don't need it. Really? Oh, my God. We can call off the search. We can call off the search. Best part about it, too, when I ordered it from the website, I got a $10 coupon. (laughs) So, boom. Instantly. It was $10 cheaper, so I will finally have my movie authentic version of Duke Kaboom coming. And and maybe I'll review it on the show whenever it comes. But but, but it it literally showed up on the Target site, or...? Yeah, it, it, I got an alert on the app um, like a day after we record, and I was so worried because I was like, "Oh my god, someone has found mm-hmm. this for me already!" But I found it; it's coming. So yeah, I wanted okay, to well, update everyone. I know everyone was really staying up late thinking about that. Well, yes, call off the hounds, folks. <laughs> Duke yes, is yes. The okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, all right. Well, again, Drew has a very busy weekend of animation watching ahead of him. Uh, in fact, uh, as soon as we wrap here, Alice and I are about to get started on the new Dark Crystal. So, yeah, we'll have to talk about. Th- Does that count as animation? What do we ta- we'll, we'll talk? We'll talk about, about it regardless. Right. There's a fair amount of of animation in there anyway. So yeah, we'll we'll okay. watch that. Too. Well, anyway, folks, uh, th- that'll do it for now. Thanks for listening, and Drew and I will be back soon. <laughs>